Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Kelly. I'm a little stressed out, to be honest with you. That's, you know, different than usual. (laughs) It is. So, okay, I actually wanted to ask our listeners, not, not like advice, but well, advice if you have it, but I would like to know if anyone else has experienced this. Okay. So okay. I have like a low grade stress. Cause like, as you know, I'm going through like a separation divorce and it's just like this, it's like a process, right? So mm-hmm. you have to work through everything and it's just kind of like a low grade and it's there all the time. Right. And I'm not like the way that I'm responding to it is not like, I'm not overly emotional or I don't feel like there's like the usual things I would expect to go through. I'm not, but what is happening is like sometimes my brain isn't functioning as well. So I literally okay. have like these like brain gaps or like I'm missing things. I'm finding it hard to like keep pieces together during my day sometimes. So it like it feels like a response to stress because I know that at certain times, like for example, the last say month has been less stressful. And so everything and your got brain better. better. My brain started to okay. work and I was like functioning and I was back on. And then just the last couple of days, it's been back to like a little bit of stress over something. And boom, like I start to have this like weird, like I'm not quite connected. So I'm just wondering honestly, like what this is. I mean, maybe other, but honestly, I feel like stress can like your body does so many weird, crazy things. Right. And mm-hmm. we learned this like when we're training and everything that you just like accept the fact that like whatever it is that your body does when you're under extreme stress, which can be super bizarre sometimes. And you just like accept it. And I feel like, I guess what I'm trying to say here is like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. It's normal. Like I have like weird heart episodes and fall asleep when I'm stressed, like randomly. (laughs) So, you know, you forget things like other people I know, like, you know, get migraines and don't sleep. right? Right. Like it just, so I think your body Stuff. just like internalizes. Yeah. 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 It's like really interesting how that's how it's expressing in me. So it's a pattern I've noted. So I'm going to keep watching this. Okay, good. Yeah. And, uh, and if anybody else, I guess we could ask what other kinds of ways, right, what other sure. things people experience. That's right. What strange stress symptoms do you experience? <laughs> Can I say, I also find it very annoying that when you are actually sick or have a problem and you go to the doctor and they're like, Oh, you're probably just stressed. And you're like, no, pretty sure I have bronchitis. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. But... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Coming up on the show, we are going to talk about my CrossFit open update. I know you're all waiting for that. The five people we spend the most time with and what it means. And it's getting harder for track and field athletes to qualify for the Olympic Games. So is that a good thing? And of course we have a lovely voicemail from Kelly's mom. If We Were Riding is brought to you by Noon Hydration. And Sarah, I think it sounds like you could use one of Noon's immunity tablets right now. Ooh, tell us more about that, Kelly. (laughs) I'm actually holding them in my hand right now. Orange citrus, which would boost your immunity system um, since you seem to be having the winter cold. But they also have a whole bunch of products. They have sport tablets and vitamins. And my favorite is the performance drink. That's like the powder you put. I just put it in like a water bottle, sip on it while I'm typing on the computer all day. It's basically the same as like a Coke or a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Except it takes care of your hydration needs. Exactly. 
What's your favorite flavor? Oh, I actually can't tell you what my favorite flavor is because they're about to come out with a whole bunch of new stuff and it's super top secret. So I can't tell you what my favorite flavor is. You're just gonna have to stay tuned. But I can tell you that all of their products have like super high quality ingredients, like good for the earth, very clean and specifically formulated for women. So. Ooh, I love it. Okay. Okay, top secret information. You're going to hear it soon right here on the If We Were Riding podcast. Awesome. Okay, and folks at home, you can use the code IRONWOMEN and you get 30% off at noonlife.com. So that's IRONWOMEN at noonlife.com. Live Feisties If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc. Ass Kicker makes activewear for women featuring empowering phrases like work hard, play hard, kick ass, or strong women lift each other up. Ass Kicker Inc. also makes our fabulous Live Feisty tank tops, t-shirts, hoodies, and leggings. So to order yours, go to livefeisty.com and just choose shop from the menu. And of course, use the code riding to save 20%. That's riding, as in if we were, at livefeisty.com. And remember, I before E, except if you're feisty. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time. You better get ready to race in the top. I'm ready to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field. It's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. Kelly, the open. Are you on week four or three or five? Uh, week three was last weekend. Yeah. And clearly I'm waiting at the edge clearly, of my chair. Yeah, I know. Clearly you're like right on point. <laughs> <laughs> it's only week three. There's still two more weeks to go. Okay. And how are you? Uh, I know you dropped from like 90th to 200th of the 40 year old women in Canada. I did. So, And how are you doing now? Oh, Kelly, it was ugly. Okay. So we had like a real strength related workout which like as you can imagine doesn't really suit my um my strengths as an athlete so yeah I went down from like 99th position last week 204th (laughs) but okay listen to this workout okay I want you to take this in okay so you have like a 90 or uh, sorry a 35 pound dumbbell right okay which for me is like fairly heavy it's like yeah almost like more than a quarter of my body weight right so and then you walk uh with it straight arm above head And you do walking lunges for 200 feet. Okay. Okay. Then you have to do 50 weighted box step ups, which with the same dumbbell. And then you do 50 strict handstand push ups and 200 feet at a 200 foot handstand walk. Okay. And your time cap is 10 minutes. I think the, uh, yeah, I wouldn't get through the handstand part. Yeah. (laughs) That is where I'd be. Do you want to guess where I finished? Did you finish? I guess would be the interesting question here. No, I can't. I can't do a single strict handstand push-up. Like I can do oh, kipping okay. hand. I can do kipping handstand push-ups, but I can't do. And like, and when I say I can do them, I can do four. Maybe you just didn't believe in yourself. Maybe this was going to be the day you broke through, Sarah. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. It's like I've never done one fifty strict, <laughs> one strict handstand push-up, but it could have been the day that I did fifty. But unfortunately, yeah. the 10 minutes was up after the box step up. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't have to try <laughs> or I didn't get to try. So does it count then if you get a portion of the way through it? Yeah. Is, is it like, oh, you got more of a portion of the way through it than other people yeah. did? Because most you could, as you can imagine, like most people got a portion and there's definitely a couple of like 
shelves, if you will, where people would fall down. Like there would be people who can do, most people did the lunges and the box step ups and then did like somewhere between zero and a handful of of handstand pushups, right? That's like the kind of, yeah, if you can do them, you just get a few in and then you're done. That was pretty much how the workout went for most people. Interesting. Yes. Is there, okay. So as you've gotten more down this CrossFit hole, I feel like there are people who are even more in it than you. And is there like strategy? Is there like Googling the other people who are good and who isn't good? Do people like follow this? Is it like a whole thing? Oh yeah. Oh, it's a whole thing. It's like, it's a whole thing. Yeah. So so like even when, of course it is, of course it is. So like even when you, um, like today when I went into the gym, right. The coach there, he's like, Sarah, he wants to tell me this story about how, the woman who won that workout got disqualified because they like, they have to video it and send it in if, you, if you're winning. Right. If you're good. Yeah. yeah. I don't video it. Cause I like, <laughs> nobody's, nobody's checking up on you. Nobody you're cares. Saying. Yeah. Nobody's counting my double unders, but like the, the workout from the week before had a bunch of double unders in it. Apparently she only did 47 instead of 50. So she got oh, like man. time to, and, he, and he's like, so into this, right? I, to be fair, I'm kind of into it too, which is why he's telling me. Right, right. Um, he was like, Sarah, and you like, were like, oh my I God. Like, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> but yeah, like obviously, like you're, like you're in the minutia then at that point, right? Oh, definitely. I've actually been, I mean... I've been fascinated lately about all the different minutia holes you can go down because I was at my bike fitter a couple weeks ago, weeks ago, and he is apparently super in the minutia on Spartan racing randomly. Who knew? And he was like going into all the strategy of the top pros and the circuit and how they came out really strong at Jacksonville, but there was a new obstacle and he thinks it's bullshit how the shorter races have easier obstacles. And I was like, oh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> You're like, really? It's funny. Like, I find those things interesting regardless like i could get into almost anything especially to do with sport like when it's like especially like a sport i can kind of relate to and then someone starts telling me about the minutiae and i'm in like i can sit there for an hour and like blah 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 talk about it it's crazy to me that people don't realize that there are other equally obscure niches to the one that they're in i was with some triathlon friends years ago i remember them being shocked that there was a cross-country running circuit like in california that there were there was a series and there were teams and there was a championship. They were like, that's so weird. And I was like, how is it weirder than, you know, triathlon? Yeah, totally. We all get caught up in our own thing and we think it's the most interesting thing, but it's not. It's just the most interesting thing to us. That's right. Basically. So I was also thinking about this because I, this weekend, I did not do a CrossFit open workout. I went and watched Alyssa who hosts the, uh, Iron Women podcast co-host run this random trail race in Marin. And she did, was doing this random trail race, ultra tra- 50 miler. I call it trail race, but it's really, you know, it's an ultra race, which th- there's another race, like right. m- micro community that has right. their so own th- things and their own language. That was where I was going is she was doing this random one because it had UTMB points. And so that was like a whole nother hole about like how you qualify for the ultra trail du Mont Blanc and how many races you have to do and how many, which races have points and which don't. And, and I don't totally understand, but I gather she earned some points this weekend, a good number. Okay. That's good. Points. Some yeah. points towards a thing. Yeah. Towards a thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, but it was also, I also was thinking as I was at this thing with her, cause she had. She had a friend, another friend of ours pacing her. And then like one of the uh, women, Michelle, who owns Smash Fest Queen came out to like 
cheer and, and they were staying with her and it was like a crew, right? Mm-hmm. And you were on her crew when she did like the FKT mm-hmm. and it made me think about crew, Sarah, and like your, tri- whatever you want to call it, tribe is the word we're into these days, squad and this notion. So you've heard the notion, right? That you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? Because yes. the people you spend time with really affect more, like we're learning even more and more the amount it affects your attitude, your perspective, your outlook, like your health. There's literally studies about that. My favorite study title was is poor fitness contagious. <laughs> Cause I was reading a bunch of oh, these studies this week. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Cause you start, and I mean, on a realistic level, we know that when everyone, you know, is like, Oh, five miles is a good run. You're like, Oh, five miles is a good run. When everyone, you know, is like, what you only ran five miles. You're like, Oh, I should run right there. We know that that's true. Right. So this is, you know, the first thing that I thought when I read that in the newsletter yeah, okay, is like, what does this mean for people with kids? Cause Rosalie, my daughter, who's eight, she's the top of like, she's the top of the list. She's like the number one person that I spend the most time with. Right. I know. So, so does that's that only one kid. You? But what if you had like, what if you had like four or five kids? That was literally your people. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe that's like counts as one person, right? Kids <laughs> is like one of your five checkboxes, <laughs> but it has to affect, right? I mean, you spend all your time that has to have some impact. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. When I, it's an interesting, this is an interesting, like almost a direct example. So when I lived in the middle East, um, in high school, I went to an international school, but it was, uh, based from Lebanon and there were, there was hardly anyone who was first language English in my class. I think there was one other girl, two other girls. and so. By the end of the year, and especially by the end of the second year, I started to speak differently. Like I actually talked to someone who was second language English. Like my my English language skills went down because I just became like, and I started to say, you know how certain languages will have like certain things they say in English, like that are their English errors because it's patterned off of how they speak or how they put language together in their head. I would literally start to like talk like an, like an Arabic person speaks English. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think you moved a lot as a kid and I moved a lot as a kid, though not around the Middle East. And I think when you move a lot, you become very malleable mm-hmm. to the influences of where you, cause you just learn how to adapt and fit in with the new place. Yeah. Side point. But so who are your five people then? Okay. So the five people top of the list was, was Rosalie, my daughter. Right? Sure. And then I have two friends here who I see quite frequently, Karen and Danelle. Right. Okay. And like, I couldn't actually come up with a fifth one that stood out. Like, and I started to well, wonder he, about people that like I spent, like, I see you every week on Skype for a couple hours. Right. So the, that, right? that would be my next question is how much does it count? Yeah. Like we have our scheduled weekly, like Skype date, how much does Skyping count or texting or talking? Cause in real life, I spend probably 80% of my time by myself. Right. right. Cause I work from home most of the time and I train like 70, 80% on my own. So like yeah. the people I text are a heavy portion of who I talk to. Yeah. No, it's a good question. Cause that's immediately where I was like, okay, well, there's a bunch of people that I see frequently. Like, so I also thought of Ashley Wiles, who does the, the Iron Woman live coverage with me. Mm-hmm. So like, we'll literally spend, we go to Kona, we spend two weeks together nonstop. Right. right. And right. then, and then that we'll do that a couple other times during the year. But, and I also talk to her probably every week where it comes and fits and starts. So I'll talk to her a lot in one week over planning something and then maybe not for a couple of weeks. And then, so I'm like, does that count? I know, it's a weird, I mean, I think in like modern, I think this whole notion obviously is a little, little, uh, fungible, but it's also not adapted for the modern era. Cause like 
I think it's probably true that a lot of people, their triathlon people are not necessarily the people that live right by them because like triathlon's a small sport, mm-hmm. like you're five closest friends who understand the sport and like you and your, what you're doing may not be within an hour of where you live, right? Like that's just, yeah, that's just how it works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At least for a lot of people. Yeah. It's just, I, I think it's like a more complex question than whoever, like, I don't know where that original study of the five people came from or how it was. I think that's just a saying or whatever, but the premise is obviously that your perspective is shaped by that. You are an average of the five people you spend the most time with just because that is, you know, that's, it's hard to be something that's completely opposite of what you spend all the time, your time with and who you talk to. Like, it's just not going to happen. That's true. Yeah. Who are your, who are your people? What did you come up with? I know it's weird because I spent so much time by myself. So you're like, yeah. I'm in my head all the time. So my husband obviously is who I spend like the vast majority of my time with. And then it gets a little weird. Cause then it gets down to like who I just depends on the week. Cause I talk to my coach a lot, obviously. Like my phone is like, do you want to text Steve? My husband, my phone has my most frequent and is like, do you want to text Hillary or Steve? And that's pretty much it. Um, and then I have like one of my closest friends. who's like my weekend run buddy, though. We just moved. So I don't see her that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's like, hmm. and then you're like, I talk to my mom and my sister and then, yeah, then it just depends on the week. Cause some weeks I talk to you a lot or I text a bunch of triathlon people. Mm-hmm. Some weeks I see like work people yep. a lot. Like it just, you know, where you're sitting in an office, you talk to somebody can't like, eight hours for the right all day that's true a lot of people would have like work colleagues work people that they spend yeah. a lot of time with so and you wouldn't necessarily get to choose that either no so that's but it affects you but it affects it 100%, you yeah. because if you're literally just sitting next to somebody all day all the little things that pop into your head you just kind of end up t- like you shoot the shit a lot when you're just sitting in an office i'm sure that is the number one takeaway i've taken away from <laughs> when i'm working in the office is that people shoot the shit a lot right right yeah. so you're like not choosing these people in your life and then you're affected by them. Right. Right. It's the same reason. I think you might have said this in the newsletter, actually. Like when you go to a high performance squad and you start training right. with Olympians and Ironman champions, you like your chances of becoming one just go up exponentially. Like my squad of my cats and my TV <laughs> and Skyping with you <laughs> is probably not a higher performance environment. <laughs> you think? I'm just thinking maybe. <laughs> so... Nice. Okay. So Kelly, you were telling me a a little earlier about the new track and field qualifying standards for the Olympics. I'm actually pretty curious about this. How has it gone? So speaking of going down holes in a sport. (laughs) So apparently like the, uh, the international body for track, which is the IAF released their new track, like their new standards for Olympic qualifying this week and you know how like you have to achieve like whatever your country's way that they pick who gets to go that's like kind of a separate process right you still have to achieve the standard to be allowed to go to the olympic games and like obviously there are lower standards for like some kinds of inclusion spots obviously like we let the refugees in even though they didn't achieve the right like there are ways to bypass this but in general you have to achieve these standards. And so the new Olympic standards are super intense. Okay. So for example, the marathon, the qualifying standard for the Olympic games in 2016 for women was 245. Okay. Do you want to know what it is now for 2020? 229.30. What? That's a huge jump. I mean, 245 does sound a bit soft to be honest. It's a little soft. Yeah. But 229.30. It's a huge jump. Yeah. So, I mean, that was like the 
biggest one. Uh, a lot of the standards are pretty intense now, though. I'm just and I'm just saying the women's times because because I don't even men's times mean nothing to me. They like I don't even know if they're that's a good time or not. Uh, so like for the 5K now, you have to run 15:10. For the 10K, you have to run like a 31:25. The 800, you have to run a 159. Oh, which is pretty fast. I don't feel like there's that many women going under two minutes. So anyway, the the whole point of this was essentially, I mean, there's complicated to decrease the numbers. The reason the marathon is went so down is because there were uh, 155 men, 156 women who started the marathon in Rio. Mm -hmm. And they want that to be 80 and 80 in Tokyo. Right. So that's like way less. Right. You see what I'm saying? So they want to make sure that they don't accidentally qualify too many people because they want to decrease the overall number of track and field athletes. So the idea is that some people will qualify just by hitting the standard and then not everyone will. Then they will go to fill out the rest of the spots via this like world ranking system that's like complicated and nobody like totally understands. It might actually be better, but it involves place and time and hole. We're going down a hole. We're not going to go down that hole. But the net point is to basically decrease the number of people. Right. And this is because they've added more sports, but they can't add more physical athletes, right? I mean, I would say from a big picture analysis, that would be my assumption. IAAF did not say why they want to decrease the number of track and field athletes by it's a little like 150 or something like that. But we know that the Olympics has a cap Mm -hmm. on the number of athletes. We also know that the Olympics has tried to add events without increasing the number of athletes. Like they threw in mixed team relay and triathlon, but we're like, you can only do it with people you already have there. You can't bring anybody else. Right. And so they're trying to have more events to attract more viewers, but not have more athletes. And they try to get rid of events nobody's watching, like wrestling. They try, and they're thinking about getting rid of like hammer throw in track and field, right? Mm. And they're and now they're like decreasing the. I don't know, Sarah. Is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? That's interesting because it just draws up the question of like, what do we want our Olympic games to be? Right? Has it, has it affected at all the wild card system? You know how they give wild cards to countries that to try to help develop sport. Right. I, n- I never know the actual name for those. I always call it, like in my head, I call them the diversity spots um, or the inclusion spots. But yeah, like I think those are still like, like I was saying that I like, I think that's still one of the other ways you can qualify that like bypass having to meet these standards. Those spots usually only go in certain events. Like, you know how they're they in mm-hmm. track and field, they're only in the hundred meters usually right. or with well, a 50 free in swimming. Right. Or the 50. Right. They don't generally have the inclusion spots across the board. So my understanding is that's still kind of a separate system slightly, but obviously the, it will be harder mm-hmm. for people from smaller countries who are not necessarily qualifying for those like wildcard inclusion spots to qualify. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. like a country like Peru, and I only say Peru cause I'm going to Peru, right? Probably doesn't have many winter Olympians. I know we're talking like summer games right now, but for example, but I don't know that they would qualify for a wild card spot necessarily unless they like, cause they, they're not super terrible off. Right. Right. But it would be hard. Does that make sense? Like, but now basically now the people who would be further down have to meet these harder standards. And so that limits the number of athletes with the opportunity, which then limits the number of countries that have the opportunity, which then limits the amount of people who are going to be invested in the games. Yes. Et cetera. That's, that's the first thing I thought was like, so if we take, 
Uh, if we take the 245 for the women's marathon, just as an example, versus a 229, right? You can be from a country that doesn't have a very well-developed long-distance running program at all, right? You right. can probably train, and if you're kind of good, you can run a 245, right? Like right. People are going to be able to do that with or without special help, if you will. But 229, it's going to take like a team of experts, <laughs> massage therapists, right. and like the best right. coaches to get most athletes to that kind of standard in the marathon. So you're basically making it harder for the less developed. Is that, is that not a PC term? Countries, like the countries that don't have a well-developed federations in sport. Yeah, yeah. The ones that don't have as many resources. Yes. And That's what you were saying, right? Pipeline. They don't have like the Olympic pipeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like the IAF is trying to get on some of that with this like world ranking system, except, but yes, I do think it will ultimately like limit the number of opportunities, which gets to the whole point of like, what is the point of the Olympic games? Like you just said, and is it that we want to have just the best, only the best. This is like the Olympics, you know, it's, we're limiting the number of people. We're limiting the number of opportunities because these are the best of the best of the best. Or is the idea, you know, every country gets to send their best mm. and be on this stage because it creates oper like we know the effect that it has then when those people go back and it encourages sport and it, you know, right. we know that we've seen that there's tons of examples of people who made the Olympics and never had before. And then it, that sport grows in their country and they become role models, et cetera. Yes, exactly. I think it's a, every country gets to send their best, go out and do whatever that is. I think uh, to me, that's what the Olympics is. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of leaning there too. It's a, it's an interesting question. Cause we do want, like we do want the best of the best, but allowing the best from every country would also check that box too. I also think having a cap on athletes, it's like 10,500. I think the last time I checked was the cap is dumb. Like that's arbitrary. We don't, you don't, why, right? Like, why do we have a cap on the number of athletes? Is it because of the, like, because we've talked about this a lot before, right? Like the, the Olympics going into a place sometimes can do like massive damage to the, yeah, like, yeah. to the local people, the political situation, et cetera, et cetera, the environment. So is that part of it? Like they're trying to cap the size of the games? Yes, for sure. For they're trying to make, there's this whole thing. Uh, it has a, it has a name that I can't remember that the IOC has called like agenda 20, right? About becoming more sustainable. Mm. They have some hashtag. And so they, there's very much a focus on making the games a sustainable thing so that countries want to host it. But alternatively here, counterpoint, when I was looking up participation numbers in the games one time, I, there was one year where I was like, holy shit, why did it go from, and I don't remember, it was like 3,000 to 6,000 athletes one year. And I was like, wow, that's a huge jump. And I was like, oh, because they included women. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> so now that we're seeing more and more countries participating and being involved and fielding delegations, yeah, the numbers are going to go up. So if we keep them artificially low, who are we keeping out? You see what I'm saying yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting question. I'm sure we'll like, as the Olympics gets closer, you and I are going to talk about this a ton because we always do. Because <laughs> the Olympics are like my favorite thing to hate love. <laughs> it's true. Okay. Coming up after the break, we have a voicemail from Kelly's mom. Let's find out what she thinks about the recent, what do you call it? I don't know. She had a lot of thoughts. She had a lot of thoughts. Things. I was thinking in particular, <laughs> oh, of the recent lawsuit from the U.S. women's soccer team. We would like to thank Noon Hydration for supporting the podcast. Get 30% off your order by using the code IRONWOMEN at noonlife.com. That's IRONWOMEN 
at noonlife.com. And don't forget to order your feisty gear at livefeisty.com with the code RIDING to get a 20% discount. Follow at If We Were Riding on all the social medias and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, tell your actual friends in person how awesome we are, because that works too. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production and is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our marvelous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in the to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real, and I'm feeling so ruthless. All right, so I'm reading the newsletter, and it is great this week, every single article. I was reading the one about recycling, and in there it said something about how the solution is a more educated consumer, which I got to say is the solution to a lot of things. So giant shout out to the U.S. women's soccer team for using their position to educate everybody. And a lot of these other problems could be solved if people just stopped and thought about it a little bit. It reminds me of uh, Kelly's sister, Maggie. One of her teams once was traveling and they got in this, not Maggie, but the other girls got in this giant argument about paying for gas or whatever. Maggie ended up saying she had to do a, a basic algebra formula. Come on, it's not that hard. But if people could just do math, a lot of their problems would be solved. And I think she's right. Okay, I think before the break, just before we play Kelly's mom's voicemail, that was one of my brain farts. I just want to say, like from the beginning of the show, oh, okay. how like my brain isn't quite functional and I can't think of words. It's almost like I've had three drinks, but I haven't. Okay, and I think what you were trying to think of was the U.S. women's soccer team filed a lawsuit. <laughs> yes. Alleging gender discrimination, uh, alleging that U.S. soccer... I can't remember what it's called, but the soccer federation, the country has systematically discriminated by gender and they have like a long list of complaints. What's interesting is not so much the lawsuit, which has been a long time coming. They've been fighting with the federation for a while, but that the U S women's soccer team is apparently like a beacon of fighting for gender equality mm-hmm. worldwide. Like other countries, soccer teams look to them for help in their own like gender discrimination fights. Well, isn't this like the third or fourth time that they've filed a lawsuit like and like the various members of the team in different ways have like filed yeah, lawsuits. this one is like a bigger one this one's like that a, makes all sense. of the players right Kinda? yeah and they're alleging like matt like total gender discrimination not just like unequal pay anyway so that's what my mom was referring to talking about but she also had i mean she basically was just saying she had a lot of thoughts about the newsletter that all come down to i mean a lot of these things that she was reading in the, from the newsletter this week so everyone should go and read the newsletter come down to over and over again well we just need to have more education people just need to be more educated which is always like oh man how do we do that sarah i don't know like it's uh, more educated about what well, the specific example she was talking about was recycling is really the, the way that we recycle. The recycling system is essentially broken. It doesn't work anymore. We're just shipping our fucking shit to other places and bur- like it's not getting recycled. And their argument for how to fix this, like advocates argument is like, oh, we just need to educate people more about like the right ways to recycle. Like that's the, that's the solution. And I feel like this comes up a lot when we talk about like gender discrimination stuff. Like, oh, well, if we just like, people just need to know, like they just need to be educated more and like treat women equal. Like that'll just, right. You're always saying like, we just need to change the culture. We need to change the culture. Like we just, and it'll be fine. 
And I keep coming back to like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but seriously. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a lot of like, I thought of, I think it's a, lo- a bunch of tiny little education and tiny little culture changes that go into like eventually creating sh- more major shifts. Cause you can see, if you look back through history, you see where we has shifted culturally on, well, women's issues is, I mean, obviously a big one, right. Where we can see like the, over the last, you know, few decades, there's been massive shifts, right. And that, because that starts with like one person having a thought and then, you know, explaining it to someone else. And then people slowly, slowly, people disagree, disagree, disagree. And then slowly people get become more and more educated or more and more in tune with that way of thinking. And just over time, the culture shifts. So I think that is, that's how it happens. It's a bunch of little micro educations. No, no, (laughs) I want one big one. Like there's some example, right? Like the way that gay marriage was accepted over the last 20 years. That is the example everyone always uses for like a massive cultural shift that happened very quickly. Like if you measure attitudes happened very quickly and it was very organized in how it happened. So anyway, like that, or when you look at public education efforts, anti-smoking public education, when I was growing up, basically you had an entire generation that came up with this, like, why the fuck would you smoke? Like it just, it just got almost eradicated overnight. Granted, they're all fucking smoking pot now because they think it's different or vaping it. What a side point, total problem. (laughs) But there's another example of like massive change overnight. I want massive public education efforts, change that happens. I think that your, okay. I think that your overnight change has come through like, happens in like 10 or 15 years. Yeah. yeah, It's come through like micro, micro, micro changes, cultural education, cultural changes, education, da, da, da. There's always people who are ahead of their time. And then there's more people, more people. And it gathers steam. It's like a snowball going down a hill. And then it feels like, a sudden shift because you're like especially if you're on the side of the person who's like ahead of ahead of the dominant cultural thinking and then you suddenly realize oh everyone else agrees with me now oh oh good okay like it, it feels no. kind of no. sudden but i have not ever thought oh wow everyone agrees with me now. <laughs> i keep thinking oh fuck well, what in the, case the hell of, are you guys in the case about? of gay marriage for example <laughs> yes but see here's my point sarah that or the anti-smoking or like some of these gender discrimination suits what, or like when you look back at like ERA and stuff, ERA, yeah. What these took were massive coordinated efforts on a large scale that then had the effect of tipping the scales and slowly bringing yeah. about social change, and et cetera, et cetera. The actual thing is like both and, right? Like, so when you look right. at like gender equality in sport and you start with Title IX in the US, right? Right. And massive that's like, change. That's like a massive thing that happened, but still, like over time, there's all these like, little lawsuit, little lawsuit, little lawsuit happening all along. And then there's like, if you think of, cause that's, that was in the seventies. So there's still these changes and we're still like, like the U S women's soccer team doing all these lawsuits and like continuing to like build the momentum may actually like help cause another shift. I think. Okay, fine. I just want like a massive coordinated large scale. Okay. If you could just write out all your opinions and what you think needs to change. <laughs> We'll just like, like all inform everybody. Okay, good. Good. And, uh, and then we can just all shift together. Good. I would like that. Thank you. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're